0: Rolling on on a Thursday, it is Brewers Weekly. My name is Matt Pauley. Let's uh, preview what's going to be going down this weekend in Chicago. A Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Very odd. Day games on Friday and Saturday, and a night game on Sunday. It's almost the opposite of what you normally get out of a weekend series. But Brewers and Cubs, always a lot of fun. Let's bring in uh, David Schuster from 670. The score, you can follow him on Twitter at Schumouse, S-C-H-U-M-O-U-S-E. David, appreciate your time. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Matt. How about you?
0: I'm doing all right. Uh, So from a Brewer's perspective, I think from a Brewer's fan perspective, this doesn't really impact the team, but from a fan perspective, any time the team plays the Cubs – there's like a litmus test aspect to it. The Brewers just took six in a row, but against not-so-great teams in the Mets and the Nationals. And there's almost this feeling that they have to play well against the Cubs over the weekend to kind of validate what they just did. The Cubs are playing really good baseball right now, uh, They but they just took a series from the Marlins, not a very good team. Is there any of that feeling in Chicago where this series against the Brewers is kind of a litmus test for the Cubs?
1: Nah, I wouldn't say so, not at this stage of the season. I mean, let's face it, it's still... Pretty early on, we're May the 9th right now. I will say though that as you just alluded to, you got two teams that are playing really good baseball, at least as of right now. Combined, they've won 16 of 17. So, you know, the two best teams in the division for right now, along with St. Louis, are, are you know, playing for first place. It's ironic because the Cubs and the Cardinals played here last weekend. That was a first place showdown. St. Louis has slipped a little bit since then and the Brewers have elevated themselves. So, it's going to be good baseball, almost as important to me and and to the fans. It's going to be good weather here this weekend, at least I think it's going to be. So, so
0: they're going to rain out a game, right? I'm sorry? So they'll rain out a
1: game, since so it's going to be great weather? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll still never forget. That was one of the all times when uh, the game was called, and then, uh, of course, the sun came out uh, later on, and, and then the Brewers manager says the first time I've ever had my players get a, a windburn or a sunburn after a rainout or whatever he said. Um, but no, it's going to be good baseball and it's, but it's still very early. So personally, and and I'm sure across the board, you can't, you know, overstate that this is a huge showdown at this stage of the season, because there'll be plenty more games between these two teams down the road.
0: Cubs had a slow start. They've obviously turned it on since then. Is it, has something clicked or is it just the case of, Hey, it's a long season and, and they happen to have a slow start?
1: Uh, a little bit of both, to be honest with you. They have uh, certainly clicked in after the 2-7 and seven start. They've won 19 of their last 24 games. Their starting pitching has been really good, minus the guy on the mound today, who has not been good at all, and I'm talking about you, Darvish. But in Lester and in Hamels and Quintana and Hendricks, those four have been really good. Their bullpen, which I think might be a problem down the road, and we can talk about that as well, They've been pretty good, but they've had some injuries in there, obviously. Uh, Brandon Morrow, God knows he may never come back for the Cubs. And, and Pedro they their closer for the time being, he's he's out of action. So ultimately, I think that bullpen's going to have some problems. But maybe most importantly, some of their bats have really woken up. I mean, Chris Bryant's got four home runs in his last five games. Anthony Rizzo, who was under the Mendoza line up until semi-recently, is up to 250 finally. So they've gotten some contributions. The Cubs are far from a perfect team. They have no team speed. Their defense has been a little bit on the shaky side at times. And like I said, I think ultimately that bullpen might have some problems. But the starting pitching, which is where it always starts and ends for me, has been pretty good, again, minus you, Darvish. Is
0: it 7-8-9 by committee now with Strope on the injured list that it's just going to be matching things up, or is somebody going to be the de facto ninth-inning guy?
1: No that's what it is right now. I think if if anybody right now would be probably the designated guy, but that's not the way Joe Madden really works if you know him, I think right now Steve Seacheckek would probably get the bulk of the ninth innings. He has been the setup guy and you know with Pedro Strope out for right now, everybody sort of gets elevated a little bit uh, further back you know in the innings. So I'd say right now Steve Seacheck would be your closer, but Joe Madden is one of those kind of managers, and I'm sure you've noticed this too. He plays musical chairs all over the place, and he'll do that with his bullpen for right now as well. I would not be surprised if the Cubs are still in it and Brandon Morrow is not coming back at some juncture. They might pull off down the road, and I don't know how they would do it, but obviously they won the World Championship by getting a Chapman that season – who knows, maybe somebody will be available. It won't be Kimbrel because he's still looking for way too much money. But uh, down the road, if, there's, if, if that's where their Achilles heel is in the bullpen, I wouldn't be surprised if Theo Epstein finds something somewhere else.
0: So the Cubs who just print money at uh, Clark and Addison, you don't think if, the, if, if it became a horrible, horrible situation where they just had to get somebody and the only answer was spending a lot of money on Kimbrell, you, you feel like that's out of their uh, thought process right now?
1: Well, you know, to you and me, you think that they have a ton of money, and I really do think they have a ton of money, but they've gone on record as saying they don't have a ton of money. I'm not one of their bean counters, so I can't tell you. I haven't looked at their books, but... You know, short of claiming poverty, they tell you that they just don't have the money or the budget to do something like that. Kimball's not going to sign a a one-year prorated deal. He's going to be still looking. You know, I think he might have, you know, the ship might be uh, gone out of uh, the, you know, uh, gone at this point. But he's still looking for a multi-year deal. I think they'll try and find somebody else via the trade. You know, some team will fall out of it that's got a pretty good closer that's the way I'm looking at it, but again, they have a lot of guys on their roster. Whether it's Bryant, whether it's Schwarber, whether it's Rizzo, you know, they signed a couple guys to uh, extensions already, meaning Hendricks and, and David Bode, of all people. But they still have a lot of guys on their roster who they're going to have to sign to deals down the road. And so right now they're claiming poverty and they don't have the money to do it.
0: David Schuster continuing to join us. He uh, covers the team for a 670th score. i got to ask you this question because it made the social media rounds last week. There were some uh, accusations against the club of strong-arming media members into uh, kind of puff pieces about Addison Russell and trying to squash anything that's negative is there anything legitimate there?
1: No, there is absolutely none. I mean, I've been around this team for too long with the current administration. There has never been anything remotely close to anything like that happening. So I don't know where that – we still don't know where that even emanated from, to be honest with you. So let me squash that one right now. No, there has been nothing from the ball club, anything like that.
0: I saw a quote today from uh, from Addison Russell and part of the quote says, and look, it's probably not fair to him to just take one piece of the quote because you lose some of the context, but the, the part of it was, and if hometown fans want to boo someone that's trying to help bring a World Series again, that's on them. That seems a little tone deaf from the outside. Is it, is it fair to criticize him for that, or is it not fair?
1: No, I think it's fair to criticize him for that particular statement Although, you know, and I sat right next to him when we did um, this confab with him yesterday for about 15 minutes, there were other portions of that long interview where he, you know, he said the right things. Uh, You know, listen, if you talk to ball players for a long period of time, maybe sometimes it's too long, to be honest with you, because they're going to say some not-so-intelligent things, that being one of them right there. But he also said the right things at other times. I go back to the press conference where, way back in spring training when he first showed up out there. Now, he said a lot of dumb things that time, and he looked very robotic. Uh, yesterday in his comments, he seemed more self-assured in what he was saying. He wasn't as uh, you know prepared, almost like by a lawyer, to say what he said yesterday as opposed to back in Mesa, Arizona, back in spring, back in February. So, yeah, again, you can, you can criticize him for that one particular statement. But he also almost contradicted that a few other times in his long uh, conversations with us yesterday.
0: I compare these two things just because they're both controversies. I don't think they're similar at all, so I want to say that before asking this question. But last year with the Josh Hader tweet situation, teammates had haters back so much. I mean, even so much that in his press conference, first talking afterwards, every single one of his teammates came and stood behind him. Does Addison Russell have that same type of teammate support right now?
1: um that's a good question actually maybe not to the degree that hater has and and i do recall that with his teammates i mean it's not like yesterday he had all his teammates lined up behind him in the dugout when we were talking to him um you know they, they say all the right things addison russell is 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 a little bit of an introvert especially in the clubhouse you don't really see him uh, you know, getting I shouldn't say getting along with his teammates, but you just don't see him congregating as much with his teammates as some other people. There's a lot of close relationships in there. He just seems to be um, an introvert, and he keeps more to himself for whatever those reasons might be. So that would be my comparison between the hater situation and the Addison Russell situation. It's not to say that his teammates don't like him, and they do have his back, at least publicly, but again, there just doesn't seem to be maybe the close relationships with his teammates on the surface, as maybe Hader had with his um, teammates up in Milwaukee.
0: He is David Schuster. He covers the Cubs for 670, the score in Chicago. David, great stuff. Really appreciate you taking some time. Hopefully, we can uh, catch up with you again down the line.
1: Anytime, Matt. Appreciate it.